easy to use, it's easy to deploy. Well, ETS is a premier IBM business partner. We do work with the entire portfolio. We've had some great success with the IBM portfolio. We see it work day in, day out. Welcome, everybody, to Storage Stories Podcast, Episode 2. My name is Kyle McGrath. I'm here with my co-host, Tom Sullivan, as well as... Bill Osmus from ATS, Vice President of Sales. And Tim Collin, Principal of ATS. And we're here today shooting a video at the ATS group in Malvern, Tom. How was it? It was good. I mean, ATS is one of my favorite places to be. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful facility in Malvern, Pennsylvania, but it's also packed with a lot of skills, a lot of experience. And I've had a probably a 30-year uh, relationship with ATS, and um, they've always delivered. Um, they deliver what customers need. They deliver what people ask for. Uh, and just some really great experiences. So we wanted to actually capture that um, in a video. So today they um, did a video on virtualization in the cloud, uh, but if they really got really specific about it, they did a video talking about what data looks like today. Um, I was, it was actually interesting, I was reading an article in The Economist recently that talked about the, uh, the new oil of the economy. Oil used to be you know, measured as, the, as, as what's important to the world, uh, but the new oil is data and uh, when you actually think about it or you read about companies uh, in wall street that are growing like crazy uh, they're generally centered around data so people like google people like facebook fintechs uh, startups quite often um, it, they're data-driven companies and they're just good at data and they're they're experiencing extreme levels of growth but related uh, an awful lot of data is not public and in fact the uh, that oil that value actually resides in customers locations and that represents about 80 percent of the data the challenge our customers are having is um, is is getting data to uh, be valuable to to leverage data is is really something that requires skills and and ats has that in droves um, they not only have the skills they have experiences and and tim you know you've You've had a great track record in helping clients, uh, delivering skills and value. Let's talk about that in a little more detail. Sure, Tom, thanks a lot. What we talked about today was around storage virtualization, which is more housing the, the data on-prem, uh, data reuse with data protection, very important, very interesting in these day and age with analytics. Um, SV for Public Cloud, a brand new offering from IBM, uh, released uh, about a month ago. Uh, which would have been a, a great use for one of our offerings. Uh, we have a uh, SaaS offering called Galileo, which is basically collects performance capacity and configuration data. We send it up to the cloud, run our analytics against it. Customers have a wonderful portal to look at and derive really good information about the data that they've sent us, which is really deep mining that to provide them answers to their questions. SV for public cloud would have allowed us to actually migrate that data much easier uh, to the cloud. Um, uh, unfortunately, that was uh, G8 right after we were ready to go. But uh, as part of the beta program with that, it was really good to partake in that, gain a lot of skills, and really understand that solution. We'll be presenting that at TechU uh, in the coming weeks. So we announced um, SV for uh, public cloud. Uh, you read the spec sheets, but talk to me about, you're thinking about your clients. I mean, talk about the different types of clients and what benefits you see with this product as you uh, begin to try and help customers deal with the cloud sure i would say our customers and our partners it you know it's not rocket science but it wasn't the easiest thing to grasp uh storage virtualization has been on-prem since 2004 
So a lot of customers and partners certainly understand the concept. We are able to basically take that and, and dumbify it, for lack of a better word. So now our customers and our partners really understand the ease of use. And really, there's two main use cases. There's four, but really two main, which is disaster recovery to the cloud. So they can basically replicate their data to the cloud, have it sit there on a lower cost, uh, cheaper storage, uh, and protect themselves. Believe it or not, how many of our customers don't have data protection they can count on? This allows them to do that uh, almost instantly. You can pay monthly, you can pay yearly. That's very, very fractional cost, which is excellent. Um, the other one is actually to migrate to cloud. You want to mi migrate your dev uh, environment to the cloud. Very easy to do with this SV for public cloud. Basically replicate your data to the cloud and then transition it almost seamlessly to native AWS uh, infrastructure. When you say cloud, um, is that multiple types of clouds? I mean, do you have a choice in the cloud provider? Yeah, you sure do. IBM Cloud and AWS are the two vendors that support that offering today. Now, I'd imagine as well for, for those partners that you support, that's advantageous for your partners because they think about it. I mean, partners are trusted. Clients rely on partners. Um, but partners can now offer their own private cloud or their cloud um, as an alternative as well. Absolutely. So I would say, you know, we're part of the IBM ecosystem with partners, so we kind of lean on one each other. So this is a good thing where some of our partners can lean on us for the offering because we're actually delivering a uh, very specific, you know, as-a-service offering. Or like you said, Tom, partners can simply spin that up themselves and we can be kind of behind-the-scenes technical architects or advisors for them. So that was easy. It sure was, Kyle. Uh, and, you know, some of the things that you think about, you know, when you're looking at a new product, uh, obviously – uh, it's been validated by the analysts. The analysts like the product quite a bit. Uh, you, as a person that's seen a lot of technology through the years, you like the product. I mean, Tim, are you comfortable with what you're saying with the product? Yeah, sure I am, Tom. So we were, part, again, part of the beta program, and that's where we like to do as technologists, really understand a solution. Is it something we want to push to our customers, or maybe it's not quite ready? So we determine on ourselves uh, when we think it's ready, and this thing was ready uh, right away. Like I said, I wish I had it three months beforehand. I would have uh, moved one of my crown jewels to the cloud using that technology. You know, it's interesting. You're a, you're a man that actually, uh, I mean, gets it done. I mean, you've got an interesting uh, buzz phrase around here, which I won't share to the team, but uh, it's it's worth hearing. Uh, it, it's about getting stuff done. And uh, so you, you talk about the beta program. So you, you get an early look at this product. So this isn't just something you've just cracked and read a spec and it seems good and it might work. It's this, you've punched it and kicked it and made sure that it's the right product. Yeah, we started in April. Uh, great support from the IBM team, the I IBM development team, uh, all the way through July until GA. So we've had uh, three or four months of kicking around, running through our performance benchmarks, uh, use case scenarios. So uh, you're exactly right. We punch this thing pretty good. Okay. Now, uh, Bill, we've talked about uh, storage and some of the benefits that we've got with storage, but um, there's a lot more going on at ATS than just storage. Like you have expertise in servers yeah there's uh you know in my experience in the marketplace and having retired from ibm recently to come over here at ats uh i have not uh come across the company with the depth or the breadth of expertise across a wide area of really uh important top of mind topics to clients um when you look at you know from servers to operating systems stuff, uh, you know that's a lot of companies can do that. But the real expertise in here is a lot of the resources that we have were ex customers, right? So they sat on the other side of the table. They were the ones that were, you know, getting those deadlines and crunching in. And all that experience is invaluable 
right? And that's what we really have here, and that's really what I'm trying to help promote and take advantage of uh, getting ATS's name a little broader out in the marketplace. So um, that that expertise is a little bit wider than um, than just storage. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, so, it's servers. Servers, um, regardless of operating system, x86 power uh, from IBM. Uh, the one area that we don't have a lot of resource in is uh, from a mainframe standpoint for Z. Uh, but from a Z storage standpoint, uh, we have probably one of the better people uh, in or outside of IBM on our staff. Um, when you look at some of the initiatives around cloud, right, obviously Tim's uh, done a great job over the years in making sure that his team stays relevant um, in terms of skills. Um, but if you look at cloud, whether it's IBM Cloud or now this great new offering that we have uh, are excited about with IBM on AWS, um, we've also are very skilled in Red Hat. Uh, I think that should resonate very well with the IBM teams. Uh, well, we I think I resonate with not only with IBM, yeah. but resonate with the client sure, base absolutely. as well. Yeah, but, um, you know, that's just another area. So, um, you know, networking, um, data protection is a core competency here. Um, Tim actually, uh, you know, his background, I'll, I'll testament to that. He was one of the better uh, people at IGF, that's how, or IGS, excuse me, that's how I got to uh, first meet Tim 20-some uh, years ago. So um, you're absolutely right. That's one of the things that attracted me here to come as a second career, if you will, outside of IBM, was really the culture of the company that Tim has been able to, to build over the years. But really it's that, you know, high level of expertise across just about anything that our customers would need. I think that pretty much says it all. But when we talk about not letting you down, like your skill base is, what I heard earlier is like it's it's customer base. So your skills are former customers, um, which if you really think about it, these are people that are steeped in reality. And we talked a lot about in the video, the reality of doing infrastructure and doing it right. I mean, there are a set of skills that are on a server level. You've, there's 24 key skills that you need to deliver on a storage level. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's the core of data. There's about 74 skills and on the network, and there's 23. But then you add applications, whether it be Red Hat born or whether it be applications like ASP apps or SAP or whatever. You've got to mix that into it. And nobody probably is more skilled and practiced than clients. So, Tim, talk about you know the, the types of people that you have here. You used to a word a lot when we were filming the video around passion, you know, a passion for, uh, for business. Yeah, that's a good question, Tom. I mean, we've been extremely fortunate to find, um, all the team members on the team today, whether they're existing customers of mine, uh, partners of mine, or quite frankly, a lot of people get, uh, were reference folks from people that already work here. So none better than somebody's uh, testifying for somebody that they're actually a pretty good skilled resource. Um, but like you said, the passion of our folks is phenomenal. You can't teach that. I could teach folks, you know, AX, I could teach them VMware, you know, store-wise, brocade fabrics. I can teach them anything I want. we got this big lab right out here um, in our office where folks are required to go get two um, certifications per year. Um, they could do upgrades, could do a whole slew of things uh, in the lab, not screw up a customer's environment. Uh, but I can't teach passion. So we've just been extremely fortunate to find the folks we have today. And that resonates with our customers. They want them back uh, by name. And I get consistently two, three, four a month um, statements from my customers how great so-and-so was. And, man, as an owner of the company, nothing better than that. So uh, 
you, you said a couple of things, and I and, and I said a couple of words that I heard over and over again, and, and that's the word customer. Um, you've been in business for how many years? Nineteen years. Nineteen years, and uh, one of the things that you talked about in the video is um, is a passion for delivering success, and you've never you said I have a one hundred percent. Did I get that number right? One hundred percent. Sure did. One hundred percent success rate. And you might say, well, what the what the heck does that mean? I would say that means we've never got kicked out of a customer, uh, and customers continually ask us to come back, whether it's every three years for a technology refresh, or they want to do an upgrade to a system that they got put in place six months ago, or we do managed services. So we're in there day in, day out, year after year. Um, so again, 100% customer success rate, and that's something I pound on everybody, especially new folks as they join the company. They need to understand where ATS came from so they can continue the legend. Now, you think about it, uh, when you define success, who defines success? Do you define it or does the client define it? The client defines the success. We have our measurement of success, meaning did the customer pay their bill? Um, are they giving us good feedback um, as far as the implementation went along? But at the end of the day, it's the customer. So when we go and try to get customer statements about success of our uh, implementation, we have kind of a follow-on for new customers, uh, kind of a questionnaire, and nobody ever says, oh, I don't have the time for that, or oh, you guys were only so okay. But uh, it was really, really good. Uh, that questionnaire, customers just really do love the work we're doing for them. And you made another comment that I was uh, really impressed by. Um, you, you talked about retention of customers. But just to put it in perspective, I love numbers. Uh, the average retention or the yearly churn of a customer is you lose about 20% of your base. Um, and in a, in a in a business of uh, where it's it's not easy, uh, you know, delivering, uh, your number is a little bit different than twenty percent. What talk to me about the success of retention with your clients? Yeah, like I said, we have a hundred percent retention, but that doesn't mean we're working hundred percent of our customers all the time. So we have probably eh, 450, 480 customers over our lifespan, probably active 100, 110 during any one year. Um, one of the great things if I have a customer and they go from one place to another. They continually bring us into the next uh, customer site, or a partner may bring us in to multiple customers. No, no better uh, thing than that when somebody's continuing to follow you uh, along your track. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I wouldn't expect you to have 100% of your customers all the time. I mean, it's project-based, but but when they need to tap ATS for skills, they've got a project they want to get done, they want to have success, they look for you guys, right? Absolutely right, yep. Always reaching out. Now, um, a lot going on with infrastructure. You know, you've obviously got the skills there, but uh, you know, we kind of talked about data. Data is on the move, uh, whether it be in a infrastructure on a cell phone or, but in a cloud. Um, you've got you know some real practical experiences with cloud. Um, more data points. About twenty percent of customers' data has actually moved, but largely what's moved is the easy stuff. It's um, it's things like email, files, even data backup, which isn't all that easy, but, but that's a big chunk of it. But the real core of, um, of what's likely and should and could be moving to cloud is, is core, core applications. This, these are apps that are, that are vital. These are apps that, uh, you know, frankly, you used it in the video. What, what, was, what it is that you said? These are apps that actually make. Uh, they actually make you money. Yeah, so so that says it all. So so they make you money. Um, 
experiences with that. Uh, you've got real experiences. You actually moved DevOps app um, recently, didn't you? Yeah, we moved our uh, Galileo SaaS offering to the cloud. Um, I originally thought that we would just simply refresh our on-prem uh, equipment. So uh, the guys asked to go through a study for it, which is great. We priced out a new solution on-prem. They priced out the cloud. Sure enough, it was about eh, maybe 75% the cost of doing an on-prem. And sure, I'm all about saving money. Um, so, again, it's n- it's not easy. That's one thing I learned. It's not easy. The guys kind of made it sound like it would be a little easier than it was, but it's not easy. So that skill set um, that we learned through that project is really key to our success and helping our customers along that journey. Yeah, I think one of the things that's key to that is a lot of customers will just on paper look at, you know, it's going to cost X to stay on-prem, it's going to cost Y to move it to cloud. But the and real yeah. hitting costs... So, but the movement is, it's compelling. Yeah, it, so it, it so is so compelling. the brass swing is right there. Right. And what, what we're finding that a lot of customers are stumbling in that journey is they just don't know how to do it, right? Or they'll spend a lot of time, resource, um, you know, wasted, if you will, right? Which... Uh, I think that's really where our experience is going to come into that marketplace and, and you know, certainly has uh, been of value to those types of customers to date. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and some of that is their own personal experience. We talked about the applications that have moved, things like Exchange, email, kind of easy. I mean, you, you're running Exchange on your local servers. Now I'm going to run it in the cloud. Just don't buy it local. Buy it now in the cloud. It's email. Works, right? Files the same way. They're already pushing those around. Makes a lot of sense. But, but things like... Uh, Dev apps, you know, in business intelligence, uh, AI, you know, which is, you know, the Galileo app, a um, little bit harder. Um, so you've got you've got experience with um, doing that. Uh, if I were to kind of ask you, like, what are the key things that if, if I were a customer considering doing it, whether they want to do it by themselves or they want to ask for help from ATS, like, what are the things that you ought to have? I mean. In, I know what word I want to say. It begins with an S. K I L L S skills would be would be it. Would would, would yeah, those? I would absolutely tell our customers to give us a call. Let us talk to them about the journey, what it looks like, what are they trying to do. You know, from a business perspective, a lot of customers are looking to move things in the cloud to get out of the data center business because they want to focus on their business. Great, sounds good, less filling, right? But really, we need to talk through that, right? Moving DevOps is a wonderful thing. Doing um, uh, scenario walkthroughs of an existing application. Should I move it here? Should I move it there? Very easy, very great thing to do in the cloud. It's cheaper, way cheaper than deploying an on-prem solution that's either undersized or oversized, right? Test it in the cloud and then see about moving it. So it makes, I mean, you guys make a lot of sense for a couple of reasons. One, you know, you're, you're experts at data protection and retention. You're actually experts at reusing that data and making value out of that data. But then you relate that to DevOps, those things, they're tightly connected because you, you can actually you know, snap copy a, um, a, uh, a data set and actually be running DevOps against pretty much real-time data. And when you go live, you know it's going to work. Um, so that, that expertise that you have here uh, is really beneficial uh, for a very key area of DevOps. Um, if I were to uh, kind of wrap up... Um, any clients in particular that you're really proud of? I mean, if I were to ask you what do clients say about you, what, what would be the things that they would say? I would say our customers, you know, the bigger the better. Um, the bigger, more mature customers, surprisingly, they need more help than uh, some of the smaller ones. You would think the opposite. 
Uh, but we have some really Actually, large. I would, I would poke at that a little bit because I would I would think the opposite. Uh, why do you say the the big accounts look to you guys um, for skills? One experience, as you mentioned earlier, so you know if I've done it over here and a customer has two thousand AXL pars, that's meaningful, right? Uh, we find more and more of our customers have grown faster than their ability to keep up with technology, to learn it, to keep skills in house. Uh, so bringing that skill in a large enterprise because you can make one change and save $2 million, literally make, you know, five minutes uh, with storage allocation, storage virtualization. So that experience that we have at our other customers, bringing it to the other big customers, they really do love that experience. That's, um, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, $2 million savings, a significant impact. Um, you've got skills that are necessary. You know, so I encourage you to a couple things. I'll, I'll, I'll say it for Tim because I've experienced it personally. I encourage you to, if you're thinking about doing something that is challenging, something that's new, something that you can potentially save a lot of money or make a lot of money, I'd encourage you to talk to ATS. I, I as a vendor, do all the time. I know our partners do all the time. And they've got some tremendous customers. So reach out, call them, and uh, and talk to them. You're going to find they, they probably sound an awful like like you, an awful lot like you, because they are you. They're ex-customers. So talk to them for from their experience. And then uh, to his point, if um, if you've got a um, an area that you're not comfortable with, an area that you don't have skills, or maybe you just need more skills, you have the skills, uh, ATS is a great resource there. And then, you know, as much as I would love you to say all things IBM are awesome, um, which they are, by the way, but not that, but they're all choice. They're all choices. There are things that you need to do like servers, like networking, like storage, like other products, uh, like applications, like Red Hat, as, um, as you mentioned, Bill, um, they've got all those skills in one place. So if you're thinking about from a Gartner perspective, where does that dot sit and where does ATS on the dot, they've got all the dots in the upper right you know, set of the quadrant, and equally important, they've got customers that are um, been with them for 19 plus years. They count on them, and they define success, uh, and they use ATS in that definition. So, with that, you know, I want to thank both uh, Bill and Tim, and then certainly Kyle for uh, hosting the show. And we'll close out the show. Thanks for uh, listening. Check out the description for all the ATS video links below, case study links, and any important links for that matter. Be sure to hit the follow button to get updates on any new podcast. And remember, the story is in the data. This is the Storage Stories Podcast. Catch you later.